which is the world's oldest institution established by God for our benefit and yet is entered into by most with unrealistic expectations. Join us today as Pastor Lander continues the series, God's Gift of Marriage and the Destructive Culture, with this message, Misconceptions in Marriage. He'll be teaching from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse number 32. Have your Bibles, turn with us, if you will, to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11a. Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, verse 11a. And the scripture says there, that first portion of that verse... He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has made everything beautiful in its time. I want to preach a series as we give attention to the family in these coming weeks on God's gift of marriage in a destructive culture. That's the overarching theme of this series, God's gift of marriage. God's gift of marriage in a destructive culture. We're in a very destructive culture, and Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy, but God has come to give us life and that we would have it more abundantly. And whatever God has designed, Satan has come on the scene to tear down, uh, to wreak havoc, and to reverse what God has done. That's his, his responsibility because he's a devil. And if you're not willing to fight for your marriage, he will take your marriage. Why don't you say amen? But before we go to husbands and wives, I'm going to take my time like I did in that financial series. Before we go to husbands and wives, I don't want to leave the needs of singles unmet. If you're single in the house today, raise your hand. Just if you're single. Okay. So this is for you. And uh, you married couples, don't just pull your books up and say, oh, and begin to yawn. I'm married. And then when we talk, when we begin to speak to married couples, don't you singles start yawning and say, I'm single and don't want to be married. Open your hearts, open your minds. God will speak to you from his word and you'll be surprised how he will work if you have an open heart and a listening ear and all God's children said. So I want to give words of wisdom for singles. Here are some practical words we need to realize. By way of introduction, for singles who desire to marry, you may be asking yourself the question, Lord, why is it taking you so long to send me a spouse? I've been waiting one year, two year, three year, four year, five year, eight years, ten years. Where are you, God? Surely in all this world, you have the man or woman who is the mate of your choosing for me. Beloved, God knows where you are as well as the desires of your heart. And you would be wise indeed if you would rest in his divine sovereignty. Rest in his divine sovereignty knowing that he, God, is the all-wise God. 
You cannot hurry God. So don't even try. He's too big. He's God. Therefore, move on with your life and trust in the Lord's plan and timing for your life. Don't get stuck in a self-made pity party because you don't have a man, you don't have a woman, you don't have a wife, you don't have a husband. Enjoy where you are, move on with your life and trust the Lord's plan and timing for your life for he has made everything, what? Beautiful in its time. Here are some words of wisdom for singles who desire to to be married. And uh, you need to write these down because there are people in your life that's struggling in this area. And so the word is not only for you, but it's also for others that God is going to bring right in the context of your lives. What are some practical words of wisdom to share? Number one, refuse to worry about being single. First of all, refuse to worry about being single. Philippians 4, 6, 7 says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Don't worry about your single status. Worry displays a lack of trust in God which is sin. Do you realize when we worry, we are sinning against God? You say, why do you say that? Because you're not trusting God for your future. That's right. Worry displays a lack of trust in God, which is sin. Therefore, trust him and be content in your singleness. The scripture says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be what? Content. 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 You got people who are single that want to be married, and you got some folk that are married that want to be divorced. <laughs> they want to be single. That's the flip side of it. But whatever state I am, to be content now, if he's knocking your teeth out one at a time, don't you say, well, I'm going to wait till he knocks the next tooth out. Oh, no, you cannot. Now, now, don't take that to the extreme. You know, there has to be balance. But if that kind of thing has not happened, uh, bear with it. Love is patient. Contentment. Say contentment. It is so critical to living the successful Christian life. Say it again. Contentment. Contentment. Contentment in Christ is to have inner tranquility from Christ. Contentment in Christ is to have inner tranquility from Christ. It is to have peace of mind. You'd be surprised how many people, particularly Christians who do not have peace of mind, they are restless in their mind. They are restless in their thoughts. They're not satisfied. I mean, they're so discontented, they're asking themselves a question about themselves. What's wrong with me? Why can't I be satisfied the way I am? Why can't I be satisfied with what God has provided? Why can't I be fulfilled in Christ and rest in Christ? My friends, what we need is contentment. And I'm just amazed. I'm still belaboring this word because you have more than you've ever had. 
You got monies that you can now spend that you didn't have. You got a car that you didn't have, especially the kind you're driving now. You're going places you used to couldn't go. Your children are doing well. They're not in the hospital for many of them. And, and when you look at your life, I mean, you got decent jobs, you got salaries, you, you're doing fine, but yet you just miserable. And you know what? Satan is a specialist in making you discontent. And if he can get you discontent with your husband, your spouse, your children, the church, uh, your job, your marriage, your anything, then he has you right in the palm of his hand because he is a destructive God and he wants to destroy your mind. And when he gets the mind, he's got the woman. When he gets the mind, he has the man. My friend, when are you going to learn to be content? Even in your singleness. My friends, be mindful of this. Your being miserable and impatient will not hurry God. God, hurry up. It's been five years now. I'm still waiting. I know you are eternal, but I'm going to die and I'm 60 and nothing has happened. Your being miserable and impatient will not hurry God. Therefore, relax. Say relax. Wherever you are in life, single or married, children kind of been out of shape, things are going a while, a wall or whatever that is, relax. Stop stressing. Wait on the Lord. Trust him for your future. He knows your future. He knows the beginning and the end. I'm going to tell you something, singles. Listen to me. It is better to be joyfully single than miserably married. <laughs> Did you get that? I, I, I'm going to let you listen. You're like, oh, if I get married, oh, we're going to live happily Come on. You will have some good days, some challenging days, some rewarding days. Things are going, I mean, things are not going to work out. Look like everything is falling to pieces. You say, what in the world is going on in my house? <laughs> You're not going to live some fairytale, mythical Life in marriage because you said I do. Marriage is not, people like love is not some little fuzzy, duzzy feeling. Love is commitment. Listen, so it is better to be joyfully single than be married and absolutely miserable. Nothing make you happy. Everything's a mess. Everything's a hot mess. Don't like nothing. Hard on your husband, husband hard on wife, screaming at the children, children screaming at the parents. Say what? Ask God to bring your sanity back. Settle down before God, sit in his presence, and ask the Lord to make sense out of the state where you are. I'm going to take my time because I wish, a whole lot of us wish we had gotten this 50 years ago. <laughs> Number two, you are free to be single. It's okay. Just because you're single and 40, single and 60 does not mean you're gay. Won't you say amen? Doesn't mean you're funny, something wrong with you, you ain't married by now. And all that. Don't you believe Satan lies? Don't you walk in that false guilt? That's hellish. 
and speak, people will speak that kind of stuff in your spirit. And if you are open to it, you receive it. And there goes your demise. You are free to be single. Therefore, enjoy your singleness to the glory of God. It is God's will for you to be content and at peace with your singleness. If not, you will experience anxiety about being alone and anxiety about not being married. If you have the gift of celibacy, say celibacy, which is to abstain from marriage and sexual relations for the purpose of being completely devoted to God, then enjoy your season of singleness to the glory of God if you have the gift of celibacy. If conditional, you have the gift. Now, some people proclaim to have the gift and they're not anywhere close to the gift. All right. Uh, I'll give you a scripture on that, by the way. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 7 through 9 says, For I wish that all men were even as I myself. It's implying that Paul at this state was single. At one point he was married, but right here it's implied that he's single. But each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner and another in that. Verse 8, But I say to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they remain even as I am. Verse 9, but if if they cannot exercise self-control, say self-control, let them marry if you can't control yourself. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Beloved, you know you don't have the gift of celibacy if you're burning in heat and lust. Ask God for a spouse so that that heat can be settled. But don't rush out and grab anything simply because you're in heat. That's right. You know, you don't get married just for sex. That's just one component of the marriage. There's a whole lot. You won't want to know, can you wash dishes? <laughs> okay. So stop proclaiming you having the gift when you don't have the gift if you're in heat and packed passion and all that stuff, you don't have the gift. Start asking God for a spouse and exercise self-control and don't put yourself in situation where your heat will rise. All right? Thank you, Holy Ghost. Don't mess with the porn. Don't go to some kind of XXX club. Don't put yourself in stuff that's going to stir up your passion and lead you. Stop looking at stuff on television or certain cable channels that's going to make you do something that is ungodly. Y'all hanging with me? Number three, be mindful with marriage comes responsibility. Say that with me. With marriage comes Y'all saying that so low. A little louder. With Thank you. With marriage comes responsibility. And out of respect and love for your spouse, your wife, your husband, and your family, some limitations on personal freedom. Some limitations on personal freedom. In other words, if you're married, you can't live like you're single. Huh? You can't live like you're single if you're married. Uh-uh. You got to live like you're what? Married. That's right. That's right. You, you, you got to do that. 
So 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 32 through 34 says, But I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may, underline that, how he may please his wife. How he, husband, your responsibility is to please your wife. 34, there is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy with both in body and in spirit. But she who is married, she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So the, so the husband ought to be pleasing the wife. The wife ought to be pleasing the husband. It goes both ways to the honor and glory of God. You're talking down to your spouse, belittling your spouse, being critical of your spouse. You're not pleasing your spouse. You're dishonoring your spouse. You're exasperating your spouse. And love does not exasperate. Love edifies. Love builds up. Love is concerned about the interests and feelings of others and not, it is not self-centered. Not self-centered. Some limitations. When you, when you're single, you can, you can go to work, come home, if you want to eat, uh, some spaghetti, uh, or sandwich, no problem. You don't have to worry about asking somebody else, oh, are you hungry? What are you going to eat? You don't have to worry about that. You can take two months to wash your clothes if you want to, you know, as long as you got some clean ones to keep putting on. All right. You can go out every night if you want to, and you don't have to answer to nobody in the house saying, why are you out? Where are you going? What's taking you so long? Aren't you back by now? Don't you know? Hey, wait a minute. But when you get married, your wife has a right to ask you where you've been. And the wife or husband should never tell each other, it's none of your business. That is the height of disrespect because you are married. My wife is my business. I am her business. And she has a right to text me, call me, and ask me at any time where you are. Not because of lack of trust. She might just want me to pick up something at the store or anything like that. It's being available and being reasonable in the process. Won't y'all say amen? Are y'all listening to, the, to what the word is saying here? Oh my God. Help me here. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Number four, walk Singles, as well as married couples, walk with God and continue to cultivate an intimate relationship with the Lord. Walk with God. Live with God. Deepen your relationship with God. In other words, having a close relationship with God has a way of filling the void in your life, singles, and providing satisfaction like only God can give. Walk with God. Enoch walked with God and please God. Live for God. Commune with God. Have an intimate relationship with God. He fills the void. Unlike alcohol and drugs and pleasure and gambling and all of that stuff, God fills the void. Psalms 143a-b says, For in you do I trust Cause me to know the way in which I should go. For I lift up my soul to you. 
Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God will send the man you need, not the man you want. That's right. That's a big distinction there. Because y'all got this great big list I'm going to talk about later on. But he supply all your what? Needs. Needs. All your needs according to to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Cultivate a close, intimate relationship with the Lord and then watch him work. Number five, live a lifestyle of worshiping God. Singles and married couples alike, we all need to live a lifestyle of what? Worshiping God. Uh, Psalms 95, 6 says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Maker. Wow. That's awesome. In other words, God's will for your life is clarified as you worship him in spirit and in truth. You want to know God's will? You want to know God's perfect will for you? Start worshiping him. Start enjoying him. Start delighting in his presence and God will begin to crystallize the plan that he has for you. Job 23, 14 says, so he will do to me whatever he has planned when I'm enjoying him and worshiping him and communing with him. That is a powerful scripture. So he will do to me whatever he has planned. Don't you want God to do to you whatever he has planned? Because God has a wonderful plan and purpose for your life. And you can, you can circumvent that through rebellion and live in a life of separation away from God. I like the latter part of this verse. It says, he controls my destiny. Oh, man, that's, that thing is so loaded. He controls my destiny. If God controls your destiny, then what are you worried about? If he's in control, what are you worried about? If he knows the beginning and the end, what you stressed out about? God controls my destiny. He knows my plan. He knows the future. I just need to rest in him, enjoy him, and don't stress about my circumstances. Y'all hanging with me? Number six, ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in his time. Okay? Ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in his time. Not your time and not other folk time. There's always somebody in your life coming in your life telling you what you ought to do, when you ought to do it, how you ought to do it, and want to dictate your life. I am amazed how we have so many Christians who can't think for themselves and are led by the nose, by family, by friends, by co-workers, and influential people in the church. And, and, and people lead you way out there, and then you wonder, how did I get out here? You better have your own mind and think for yourself and don't receive everything people are saying to you. You better learn how to say, I'm not receiving that. Amen. Are you listening to me? Ask the Lord for a spouse and wait on the Lord to deliver in his time. Be content until the Lord provides a spouse and refuse to allow anyone to pressure you into marriage. 
That is none of their business. That's you and God's business. Psalms 27, 14 says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Luke eleven nine 9 says, so I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. And listen, you don't just ask. You know when you really want something bad from your husband or a child wants something from a parent? Uh, they don't just ask one time, Mama, can I have a cookie or whatever? Uh, uh, honey, uh, can we uh, buy that car or whatever? They'll say it, then they'll come back and say it another way. And they'll come back again and say it another way. Uh, they even fluff it up or they'll do some kind of favor. Then say, now can I have it? But it's, the scripture here is implying that you keep on asking. Huh? You keep on asking, you keep on knocking, and you keep on seeking. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it will be open. Stop knocking. What I knocked five years ago and I haven't asked since. Number seven. Listen to this. When you compromise the word of God, you will believe Satan's lies, move ahead of God, and marry the person whom God has not sent. I repeat that. That is so big. That goes across the gamut. When you compromise the word of God, you will believe Satan's lies, move ahead of God, and marry the person whom God has not sent. Trust the word of God and refuse to hear the voices of this world system. Refuse to hear it. Genesis chapter 3, verses 1, 5, and 6 says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? If you have your Bibles open, you need to underline that. Because what Satan was doing at that point, he was sowing doubts into the mind of Eve. And then she contaminated her husband as well from Satan. Has God indeed said he casts doubt on the word of God? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.